Seattle trumped Los Angeles on a missed field goal by Greg Zerline, one of the best kickers in the league. And so now Seattle moves on to three and one and the Rams fall to two and two. I got to ask you guys, what does the last night's win with the way it happened? You can hit a 57 yarder to go to the Super Bowl. Or you can't hit this 41. Taken into consideration. Say, what does last night's win say about this Seattle team? We'll start out with you. Yeah. The Seahawks got lucky. That's what it says. Great, great performance by Russell Wilson. I think he, I think with Drew Brees out, he's him at, between him and Wentz, he can arguably be the best quarterback in the NFC right now. Wow. But oh, NFC. Okay. Great, great performance. But I think the Rams, I think they blew it. I think they gave this game away. 44, but, um, I believe. So, yeah, it was outside the 40-yard range. At that point, it just becomes a 40-plus-yard field goal. So, I feel like the Rams, before that last drive with the Clay Matthews controversial call, and the, before that, I feel like they did everything right to win the game. I mean, you had Pete Carroll going down into halftime who should have went forward on this fourth and two. And I feel like yeah, if these things no didn't doubt. happen, this is what we would be talking about today. Because fourth and two, you got Russell Wilson having a heyday. I mean, you got to go for it on that because – Rams get the ball back. They go down. Cooper Cup scores a touchdown. You go in half, and this team gets the ball to come out. So, in that situation, well, I don't agree with. Yeah, Pete, uh, yeah, Pete Carroll is a as a shot taker, and for him to go ahead and take a field goal on fourth and two when your offense is playing as good as it did was confusing. I can't blame him, though, when his kicker goes out and misses the chip shot field goal, giving yeah. the Rams all the momentum to go down the other way and put together a good drive, go into halftime, you know, with some sort of positivity to go in, you know, closing out the first half with. Yeah. I mean, mean, you know, and I see that, I, I know what you're saying. I also uh, want to point out that fourth, or that third down late in the game when Russell Wilson, uh, I think it was, he tried to do a screen option or mm-hmm. an option and he runs backwards about 50 yards and that gets sacked. Play. Yeah, that that yeah, another another play that you know helped out the Los Angeles Rams, and it just seems like they, everything they did it was just just a little too little, I guess. Yep. But Ryan, what do you, what are your opinions on what happened? What did you see last night? What it showed yeah. me is that both teams are serious contenders in the NFC. Yes. The Rams highly did get absolutely unlucky, especially when you're looking at the situation, because you can really just throw all the blame on Greg Zerline because that offense did everything they needed to do to get into field goal range for him with 30 seconds left in the game. He just couldn't capitalize. But at the the end of the day, that's what it came down to. Exactly. But the Seahawks are a serious threat in the NFC. They actually have a chance to win the NFC West over the Rams. There is a serious, 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 and serious the 49ers. That happening. Yeah, the 49ers not, are not there too. Um, but Russell Wilson is the real deal. He basically has been the real deal since he's came into the league. And yeah. with the performance <clears throat> that he had last night, he's without a doubt top two quarterback in the NFL at the moment. Playmaking Holden? ability and everything. It's yeah. just 
over the top. I agree. His playmaking is just, it, it's just unbelievable. How I mean, he's he he just he, makes I'll say anything happen. And I, I tell you, the thing about the Seahawks offense is this DK DK Metcalf. This guy has fulfilled what Doug Baldwin did for this team to a T. I mean, he is a vertical threat down the field. He he, he doesn't he is, have stone for hands. I mean, I. I I saw a play last night, though, where he was a wide open, had a couple steps on the guy in the end zone, and it was a two-point conversion, I believe. Yeah. And the dude just straight up drops it. And, you know, honestly, that was probably one of the biggest leading up to that point because now you're down by, you know, you're only up by one. You got one of the most lethal offenses in the entire NFL. And, you know, you have, you now you're not going to be able to play for a field goal, which could potentially just be a tie had Greg Zerline hit that field goal in the end. They win the game, and you're looking back at DK like, really, dude? Yeah. Granted, it's a hard play. It's a hard catch. But, you know, all Russell Wilson has to do is get the team ahead. And it's almost like if the defense will do just enough, they can win every game. New Orleans, you know, beat the snot out of Seattle. So it's really weird, the dynamics that are going on in the NFC. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, I guess one word I would use to describe Russell Wilson would be just straight up efficient. Yeah, I mean, four touchdowns on 23 passes. You're basically one-fifth of your throws are touchdowns. Yeah. Unbelievable and, stuff. And, and I feel like the Rams needed that win last night because the road's not getting any easier. We're playing the 49ers next week, too. I think yeah. the unjustification in paying somebody was when they paid Todd Gurley all that money. I think simply you don't need to pay a running back, a single running back, when you have a system the way you do. No. A you know eighty million dollar guaranteed, con- and now they're locked yeah. into a guy who has a bum knee, he's damaged goods. When they could have had three or four scat backs coming out of their backfield, just like yeah, it's crazy the way the tides can turn just like that. You know, the tides can turn and, just like that. Looking at and me. I I think this starts with just I mean I'm just not a believer in Jared Goff. I'm just not. I think they overpaid for him. I don't. I I just don't think he. Yeah. I don't think he's that guy. I mean, he's not hes not terrible. He's definitely, to me, a system quarterback. But I just... If you threw Deion Lewis, yeah. James White, and Rex Burkhead in that backfield, I don't want the team. But you... Yeah. Backfield, I don't give a damn. I'll, I'll go head-to-head with Todd Gurley. I'll take my team defense over him any day. So, yeah. they've and, really and, and cornered themselves. And I think they themselves. have the best... Re- to me, I think they have the best receiver trio... In, in the whole NFL. Which they haven't paid yet. Which they have yeah, not exactly. paid yet. Yeah. Besides Brandon Cook. So it'll be really interesting to see how that works out. I gotta imagine Sean McVay wasn't wanting to pay Todd Gurley because when you're that good of a coach, you simply just, you don't need otherworldly talents. You yeah, need exactly. guys that can go in and you need guys who can perform and put the team ahead. You know, you don't need, but that's what Los Angeles did. It's- They're in a big market. You know, you got a Todd Gurley like that. You you know, sometimes the stars align and they, they just had to pay him. You know, if you're playing to win, though, you don't pay him. If you're paying, if you're playing to sell tickets, you pay him. So, you know, and Los Angeles, I think, thought they could get the best of both worlds. But they've really cornered themselves. And I, I totally they agree. They've cornered themselves they really financially. Have. They're dependent it, on these two players who, you know, Ryan, yeah. You can... I was I was gonna say like Sean McVay, 
reminds me a lot of that LeBron James-esque role where he's surrounded by nothing but role players and it's being efficient. Um, However, my issue with the Los Angeles Rams is the end of last season, they were exposed. And it's kind of followed through into this season as well. It's not the same Los Angeles Rams that were scoring 45 points a game on a season. Yeah. Completely Certainly different not. team. When you lose two, two big-time offensive linemen, absolutely not the same team. And even guys like Andrew Whitworth aren't even performing up to their caliber from a year ago. And Todd so, yeah, Gurley dealing right. with knee issues. Todd that, Gurley dealing with knee issues, yes. And, and that secondary has been exposed by Russell, by Jameis Winston. I mean, come on. The quarterback yeah, whisperer yeah. and Bruce Arians did a number against that Rams defense. Yeah. There is no doubt about that. I mean, I, I, I got to say that Jared Goff, in my opinion, is a top one of the top 20 quarterbacks um, within that system. But with that defense and – Tampa and all these other teams catching up to the Rams, you know, they become a middle of the pack team. You know, there's other teams with the same system, if not a little more efficient, and they've got a few more playmakers around them, and they just have that little bit of an edge on defense. That's what happens. You get Tampa Bay, who can actually the Los Angeles Rams. Yep. You know, Los Angeles' gap, I guess, I guess to, to kind of simplify it, I think the, the gap with Los Angeles and the rest of the league has wildly closed itself wildly closed itself and you're right it's not the same team and it's really not even close but Jared Goff whenever he last year went head to head with Patrick Mahomes and they had that shootout that's the only thing I would say holding to your point that Jared Goff is a system quarterback that game to me kind of just showed me that you know he might be a little bit more than that but I I do agree he's not he's a little overrated he's a he's a little overrated but you know again that team last year that went toe-to-toe with the Chiefs and beat them in that 50-to-something, 50-to-something shootout, 50-something to 50-something shootout, is not the same Rams team. So, And, and I think a big piece they're missing on this defensive line, I think they should have re-signed Namadea Sue because Sue and Donald were, I mean, they're, they're right in the middle of that D-line, and they worked well together last year. I mean, they continuously got to the quarterback. And then you add Clay Matthews, hey, a bowl rusher right. on the outside. I forgot about that. And I mean, I just and, and Sue scored a touchdown on him. I mean, in that Tampa Bay game, I just—he's the one who sealed it too. Exactly, and I think it's just guys like that, like like Ryan said, role players. But I think Sue played his role. I think he was underrated on that defense. Perfect. He was an aggressor. There's no doubt about it. Exactly, and he wasn't—you know—he he so wasn't with, being like. How he used to be, like you know, like Vontez, like he wasn't stepping on people anymore. He was just sure. him and Donald were just getting it. They had that chemistry together to just bull rush the middle of them. I mean, you're right, they did. I definitely can tell a difference, and I forgot that uh, why they let him go and didn't pay him. That's that's beyond me. And I feel like that's Would why the secondary is having problems. Is this D line is still continuously not getting to the quarterback. And when you have a guy like Russell Wilson who makes magic happen just with his hands and throughout the pocket and run, I mean, it's just, that's, I, I think Donald the has is got catching to up to you guys. Yep. Hey, it's panic or pace in LA real quick. Um, I think it's panic. Yeah. I, I think, I, I'm not, if they lose next week against the 49ers, it's, I think it's panic time. I'm not going to say panic yet. I mean, it's only 
We're only five, we're only a quarter of the way in. And more important game for Green Bay, or is this a more important game for Dallas? Both of them leading their divisions at three and one. If you guys don't mind, I would like to start. Sure thing, man. Let's go with it. Let's get it. Devontae Adams is out currently for this game. News literally just broke to me within the last 30 seconds. Not kidding. Okay. Um, But I think this game Uh is much, much bigger for the Dallas Cowboys because you get three matchups in a row against the Giants, the Redskins, the Dolphins. Easy wins. Play the Saints without their Hall of Fame quarterback, and you lose twelve to ten. And you're supposed to be this dominant force. They were, if I'm not mistaken, ranked third overall in the power rankings through four, uh, like three weeks. But this is against teams that we just know are not playoff contenders. And their first playoff matchup, they looked very, very underwhelming, which is why I believe that this is more so reliant upon. Dallas's ability mm-hmm. to actually make the plays on offense because from what I saw in that Saints game it really necessarily wasn't about defense. That was a great defensive matchup low scoring game but you need to put points on the board. Aaron Rodgers we know what he can do. He probably won't even need Devontae Adams this Sunday to make the plays that we're used to him seeing players like Richard Rodgers is probably going to step up and score two touchdowns or something. Like Right. No, I... They don't need Devontae Adams by any means, and that, I think, actually in turn adds to the pressure that Dallas is going to feel, especially if you can't beat Green Bay without their best receiver, and then you can't beat the Saints without their best player. Um, In a loaded NFC, even if you're a good NFC team, it's simply not going to be enough. So their measuring stick is going to come this weekend when they play Green Bay, and uh I'm I'm really I'm curious to see um, before we go to Holden. I I just think it's interesting to note that the Saints, a team that you know, coming into the season has literally on paper everything you could need. They've got the defense, they've got the secondary, they've got the running back, the top two duos on the on the receiving ends of the ball. The beat the Dallas Cowboys, and then the Cowboys in turn beat Seattle. The Saints dominated Seattle. And then Seattle beats Los Angeles when Los Angeles beats Saints. So this whole NFC, if you could make anything out of that, just know that it's 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 a wild one. So this this Sunday is going to be a huge. I mean, it's going to separate the men from the boys. And you know, Holden, what do you think? Green Bay got the pressure or Dallas? I I don't think there's any pressure on Dallas. I think there's pressure on Dak. Um, is he going to get that big paycheck payday? Yeah, you're right. He, I, th- I think it's just... more of when I look at Dak Prescott, I look at a guy who can't keep up with this offense. And that, that's probably the best way I can put it. I think this defense for Dallas is elite. I think they're one of the best defenses in the NFC. I think they're actually the real deal. No um, doubt. I 1,000% with you. And I'm a I Saints think, fan. I think, I think the best thing about this week for Dak is they're playing one of the worst rush defenses in the mm. have a huge game. I think Zeke finally think has his Zeke... breakout game of the season. Um, that's that's going to be interesting Dak, to watch. Though, is 
think he just – I think he has to win this game. And I think – I think the Cowboys will actually win this game. I know Aaron Rodgers has this magic when he comes into Jerry World and he kills this team and everything. But I think without – Devontae Adams is by far his favorite target. And I think without him, I feel like Aaron Rodgers still doesn't trust these young – this young core receivers enough. Marcus Valdez. Speaking of the NFC North with Green Bay – Within their own division, we've got the Vikings. Oh, what a uh, joke. And then you've got, you know, your quarterback who you just paid God knows how many millions. And it looks like your team is just a bunch of guys that have never played together. And, and honestly, that I think has been, you know, I think it's the, we're going to get into the Stefan Diggs, uh, the Stefan Diggs saga right now. Let's call it the St- Stefan Diggs gate, I guess. Because the guy is literally clearly frustrated with his team. He's putting cryptic emojis on his Twitter. He's not showing up for media availability. He's missing practices on Wednesday, then shows up on Friday just to act like nothing's happened. Um, the Vikings front office continues to shoot down trade rumors. He's not on, he's not on the injury report. Um, but they did punish him in some form or fashion. <laughs> that with his uh, missed practice. So I don't know what that punishment was. They haven't said, it hasn't been released, but he had some form of uh, punishment. Multiple teams have been in you know talks with the Vikings for a trade, but they continue to shoot it down. So- Ryan, you mind if I go first I, on this one? Go for it. It, it is, yeah, I mean, what's going on, man? Is, I, it, is it the run first offensive scheme or is it just he sees Kirk Cousins as incapable to, to, to do, me, this is take them to the next level. To me, to me, I see two things. I see Kirk Cousins as one of the biggest bums in the NFL. But Jimmy Graham. It's well, uh, I think he trusts Jimmy Graham because when we watched the Eagles game last week and their first and goal passed Jimmy Graham, second and goal passed Jimmy yeah. Graham shot. You know, like it seems that that's his and this guy is two with weeks in a row. Adams is out. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think Aaron Rodgers looks comfortable. Last week, he's not making throws that he usually can make. I don't think it's age catching mm-hmm. up to him. I just think, I think McCarthy put a thing. spotlight on him. Like this guy isn't coachable. This guy, you know, isn't this, isn't that. And I think mm-hmm. he's trying to, you know, give this new head coach a chance. Um, mm-hmm. But I honestly, a little bit to me, I think, I think Dallas may roll over this team. Matt, <laughs> <That>, I mean, <laughs> Ryan, I, how does that sound to you being a Philadelphia guy? I mean, we got. Well, all I'm going to. The Jets, Philly, and then the Giants. Green Bay's next three games Detroit, Oakland, Kansas City. So, two out of three of those games for Green Bay are against two teams that Detroit and Kansas City, who I could very well see, you know, making you know, at least double digit wins this season, even though Detroit, it's still early, but they look like a legit team with a legit defense. And then you've got Dallas, who's going to play the Jets. And we know they're not going to lose to the Jets. I would imagine. So then they go on the road and they've got back to back games in the division, Philadelphia and New York. So it's, it's the, 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 the road to the playoffs is right here, right now. Who wants it more? And I mean, Ryan, do you think that uh, you think that Dallas, you think you think they're gonna roll over Green Bay just at, before we go into the next topic? 
So I don't think they're going to roll over Green Bay because nobody just rolls over Aaron Rodgers. I think it's going to be a close contested matchup like we've always seen between Dallas and Green Bay. Um, it's mm-hmm. just, it's just yeah. one of those matchups where both of these teams always play each other close until the end. Even going back to their 2016 playoff matchup, that game literally came down to the wire. Dallas tied the game 31-31 with under a minute left. But of course, Aaron Rodgers got the football left with 30 seconds to go. Green Bay wins that game 34-31 in regulation. But I'm, these I, are the types of games that we always things, get Ryan. between these. So, but you got that that Packers offense was was way better than what they are now. And same, and this Dallas defense is better that than they were then. I mean, you don't have Jordy Nelson anymore. You don't have Randall Cobb. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't have Devontae Adams. In complete honesty. So last Thursday, if you take Devontae Adams, if you take Devontae Adams out of that Thursday night game against the Eagles, you think that game's close? So the game was, was close. Devontae Adams went out in the fourth quarter. That game was close the entire time. Philly actually had the lead at halftime. Philly's secondary, I will admit, it is way worse than Dallas's secondary. It is. But we still held our own in Lambeau against Green Bay and were able to come off with that W. Now, had Devontae Adams still been there, it very well may have been a different story. But that's just how the cards unfold, unfortunately. This is going to be an incredibly tough matchup for Green Bay. Um, It's kind of a prove-it game on the road against a potential playoff matchup in Dallas. Um, but I no also doubt. really, really, really agree with your point, Holden. And mm. this is a huge prove-it game for Dak Prescott. It is, yeah. Hey, I will say, uh, both of y'all's points taken into consideration. I, I think in rolling with the boys this game, I just do think that Dallas has a very, very formidable front seven on that defense. Then they throw in those three linebackers who are, you know, all pro, all world. They got a couple of secondary pieces who can hold it down, you know, in that offense, obviously isn't elite with Dak Prescott leading the helm, but I think it's good enough against the Packers new, new core of defense on defense because that whole entire defense is essentially made up of high draft picks rookies, which have played really well, but Kellen Moore, Dak Prescott, these guys are a little bit more into the league than these new defensive backs are. So I'm going to give the edge to the Cowboys as much as that kind of hurts to say. <laughs> I just, I think Dallas does have a team, and but both of these teams are going to measure their team. This is a measuring stick game for both teams. So, And there's no bad blood. There's a reason why this is the game of the week. Yep. It's a game of the week. And yeah, it's not a bad blood game. It's just two talented offenses. In a loaded NFC, so what a what a treat for everybody to get to watch on that one. With chocolate so sprinkles got, on top. <laughs> <laughs> so we got two Dallases and then one Green Bay. Yes. Or okay, two Dallases, one Green Bay, folks. Y'all heard it here first. All right. This team <laughs> two years ago got embarrassed in the NFC Championship game. Embarrassed. They were at home. You got the Super Bowl at home in two weeks, and you get blown oh. out of the water. This and Kirk Cousins, this 
you look, you have a front office and you have a team. That, no one has left the Vikings since this NFC Championship game. This is a team. We're one game away, but we are. We know we're Super Bowl contenders. We know it. And you think you you have a front office that's like, look, we know we're this good. We know we can get to this game right now. You need to come mm-hmm. in and lead us to this game. And they picked the wrong guy. To, I, I don't think they should have given up on Case Keenum. I don't. I know Case Keenum was lost. I don't either. I know he I was don't lost either. in that NFC Championship game. I know he's in that hell down in Washington with the Redskins. But the Redskins just suck. It's not Case Keenum. The line sucks. The running By no means sucks. is that Case Keenum. Yes. I mean, Jay Gruden sucks. That whole team just they're terrible. This, <laughs> but the, but to me, it's oh, more. It's just, well said. To Damn. me, it's just more of. It, it's more of that situation. I think the Vikings know how good they are, and that's why Adam Thielen and Diggs they are do, so man. pissed off. Because look, like we got they here with Case Keenum. We're paying you. I, it was like eighty-eight million dollars, and you can't wow. get us where Case Keenum got us. Like I, Great I would insights, be pissed man. off too. I mean, and that, not only that, you had Dalvin Cook. They didn't have him that whole year. Because of that ACL injury, they had Latavius Murray and I can't I can't think of the other guy's name. McKinnon. Yeah, McKinnon. But McKinnon. That, that's good, thing. good point. Now you McKinnon. have a running. Now you have a running game because Dalvin Cook is looking good this year. But I mean, what's the problem? Probably a the top problem two running is back the quarterback. Right you 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 got it. I think you trade him. I, you got to get rid of him. I, I and boy, I I think the guy that you actually want to go and get is Case Keenum. This is a guy that's familiar with the team. He, you know, you see him doing the skull chants after dubs, like in the Viking Stadium. The, the fans love him. I mean, wow! If you don't go crazy... with Case Keenum, I honestly think you try and go get a young quarter. I think you try and go get Josh Rosen from the Dolphins, or I think you just. I, I think it's just time to no go doubt. with someone I... else because <clears throat> you don't want to waste another season. That, that's the thought. You have you have a Bears defense. I mean, you have a Bears team with no quarterback. You have a Packers team with a new head coach. I mean, the Lions are looking yes. good, but it's the Vikings, I definitely think, can battle out the Lions. So I think it's make it or break it, but I, I think you have to do it right now. Wow. A lot to unpackage right there. Ryan, I'm going to send it straight to you. Um, so what, I, what I've got to say about this uh, Vikings situation is, so dating back last year, where Diggs and Thielen were having a lot of success, and I mean a lot of success mm-hmm. with Kirk Cousins throwing to them. They have John DeFilippo as their offensive coordinator. They get rid of him near the end of the season, become a running football team. Now yeah. they're in a state of identity crisis. They don't know what they want. They're having trouble moving the ball on offense aside from Dalvin and, Cook, who seriously right? is showing probably the most poise out of any running back this year, except for someone like Kamara. Um, Dude, but Dalvin Cook has been unreal out it, of his mind. The, the issue is 110% Kirk Cousins and him being able to facilitate the <laughs> oh, football. Now, this is me. Go I'm going is. back to Washington, and I'm going to say, Kirk right. Cousins, you like that take? Because it's real. <laughs> you are the problem. You are the problem if right there's... now for the Minnesota Vikings. I a thousand percent agree with Holden Case Keenum would be making this team work wonders right now. They'd probably be undefeated in the NFC North. They probably uh, would have won their game against Green Bay. Like I was intimidated by the Case Keenum led Vikings. I never I think if you have Case I Keenum, never I think this is, it. I think if you have Case Keenum in the way he was, this is a this is a top three team in the NFC. There's a there's a great chance they are, man. 
there's a great chance they are. Because literally, the one thing stopping them from taking that leap from middle of the pack football team to part of the elite tier of group of teams is literally just their inability to to pass the ball downfield effectively. And when you can't do that with a great offensive line and then a star on each side of you at the receiver position in the Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, and then you got a decent tight end in Kyle Rudolph. You know, you had, you know, other playmakers around him that just, you know, they, they can't get the ball into these guys' hands. They're not playing, you know, they're not playing electric offense. They're very run, run oriented. And, you know, Adam Thielen since last year has called out Kirk Cousins. And, and, I and now I guess it. this and year. Th- that's what I Diggs love about it the most is, is Thielen and Diggs. You don't see this with a lot of receivers now in the NFL, but they, they're holding Kirk accountable. And, and that, that's, that's right. And you don't see that a lot from receivers to quarterbacks, especially quarterbacks that are going to pay that much money. But, and, and with that point, before I lose this point, I think Julio Jones is starting to get to that point with Matt Ryan. And he needs to. Him and Calvin Ridley need to. Absolutely. Because Matt, Absolutely. Because I, I, I think the same thing about the Minnesota is the same thing with the Falcons. The Falcons overpaid for Matt Ryan. You don't need Matt Ryan. Absolutely. And Dan Quinn, it's almost your time to get out of Hotlanta, okay? We really don't want you anymore up here. And I hate the Falcons, and I don't even want to see you on the sideline anymore. There's definitely big issues in Atlanta, but we'll leave that in Atlanta. Um, Minnesota, I, wow. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a lot change, of drama. Change it of, up under center, know. man. That, that's really the only just this only issue that I just see happening. So they just need to change it up from under center, move on from Kirk Cousins, trade him elsewhere. Somehow. They yeah, try, some, they can somehow, try. or dra- draft a quarterback. I mean, for goodness sakes, the New York Giants went with a sixth overall pick on Daniel Jones, who everybody made fun of, even Giants fans. And look at him, two straight wins. And you know my wife Perfect in right the preseason. Is I think if you go yeah. and trade for Eli yeah. Manning, I actually think Eli Manning could be successful with this team. I actually think they, they have one of the top three offensive lines in the country. You have a you have a run game just as good as Saquon's. You have two elite receivers. The only problem is is we don't know if Eli can throw past twenty yards anymore. That's the only thing. But you well, have you with- have someone that has a playoff mindset. Eli knows how to play in the playoffs. He's been there. He's beaten the best of the best. I mean, he he beat hands especially down when he has a team the greatest Patriots teams of all time. And man, I think at this point there's a lot of options that are better than. And I hate to say it, Kirk Cousins. His uh his his he's just not effective at the quarterback position. It's become clear as day. And honestly, it's the elephant in the room right now with the Minnesota Vikings. They can only blame themselves for paying him as much money as they did. So they made that bed. They're gonna have to somehow try to lay in it. But you're right. I think you just instead you rearrange it, you play for the future because Kirk Cousins isn't your future. Not at not at all. Yep. Not at all. And and going back to uh, going back to the Daniel Jones pick, Ryan. That reminds me of a lot of Kristaps Porzingis. You know, yeah. you draft him high up in the in, in the draft, and people lose their mind. I just the think there's just though, and he's one of the best players. Th- there's just something up with New York fans because all they get is this in this like hive mindset and are just dead set on this one player, like how they were with Dwayne Haskins or whoever it may have been over Kristaps Porzingis. 
And sure enough, mm-hmm. both of these kids come out and have fantastic, you know, looking careers. Porzingis now obviously being in Dallas with the Mavericks. Um, after coming off of his ACL injury, he's probably going to have a huge year next to Luka Doncic. Oh and we're God. already Absolutely. seeing is gonna be great poise from Daniel Looking Jones. Forward to that, when man. Saquon Barkley comes back, Daniel Jones' games is only going to get elevated. I, man, Daniel Jones and Saquon is a duo. And if you're uh, in the NFC, you're definitely taking notice because they're going to be around for a long time on that New York Giants football team. <laughs> There's no chance in hell that they are going anywhere else but that blue and red in New York. Uh, so they should get comfortable there. Two stars in the NFL coming up. This is a, probably one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, we're going to go into our locks of the week. Oh, I love locks of the, of the week. Oh, the best, man. Make us, makes us look the smartest. So I, I'm going to start mine first. I think that personally, Baltimore over Pittsburgh is the lock of the week. I think Baltimore has a perfect chance to kick Pittsburgh while they're down, having lost their quarterback, not having Antonio Brown, not having Le'Veon Bell. I think that this is like the little kid who finally hit puberty, coming back to his old school to go beat up that big bully who has done nothing but kick him around for the past five years. I think Baltimore is as good of a lock against Pittsburgh as anybody. They're going to want to beat them, and they're going to want to beat them handedly, especially being a divisional opponent. Lamar Jackson coming off of a loss. I mean, it, it's just all the all the stars, I, I think, align. I think Baltimore's defense comes out and plays one hell of a game against a rookie quarterback in Mason Rudolph. So I'm going to go ahead and say Baltimore – you can stamp it. You can take it to the bank. You can put it on the grill. Takes over Pittsburgh and uh, wins this Sunday. I can, so, I Ryan, can honestly agree. I didn't. I did not see that pick coming. But go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> I love it. Good. good. I, I honestly I agree with you, Philip. Ravens. I think they're a pretty decent lock for this week. Um, I don't want to be a bandwagoner here, being that Philly has a decently easy matchup with the Darnold and Mosley less Jets. So my lock of the week is going to be the Monday night showcase, San Francisco 49ers. Wow. 4-0. Ooh. Ooh. I like it. Hey, I'm writing all these down. Playing, We're going to have a season-long lock of the week. Playing so. the Cleveland Browns. It's in San Fran. They are coming off of a bye week. This is a real test for both teams because we know Cleveland can play, but we also know San Fran can play. We've seen Gosh, Cleveland so kind of have game, a man. couple identity, identity crises so far this season. Um, but we really haven't been able to see anything spectacularly over the top from San Fran. But from what no. I've seen from the players, they have, games. players like Jimmy G, um, they definitely have a decent backfield by committee in terms of Matt Freda, Raheem Mostert, and Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, George Kittle, obviously one of the best tight ends in the league. Uh, their defense is a little aged with someone, you know, especially like Richard Sherman, but yeah, they but hit Sherman's on didn't... every aspect. And then they got Bosa coming off the edge as well. You, yep. You got yourself a good point right there, man. I think San Francisco, Cleveland, if I was doing a what are we most excited to watch for week five, I got to say, I think that San Francisco, Cleveland Monday night football game is the game to watch. And I think that Baker Mayfield going up against that defense, which has been lights out for San Francisco and has been almost the cornerstone of that team, because even though they are 4-0, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played up to his what we thought his standards were. 
Um, but they're still winning games and they're still, you know, they're staying quiet and they're winning games. So in a game where Cleveland must win and San Francisco wants to prove to the whole entire country that we are a legit undefeated 4-0 team or 3-0, 4-0 team in the NFC West with the Los Angeles Rams and the Seattle Seahawks, who we just saw put on a showcase on Thursday night. Yeah, I think they're going to want to come out, play big time game, play big time football and bring the attention back to San Francisco in the Bay Area. I like, with the I Niners. Like, I like great. Pick. I like the Niners for that game. Um, my gotta, obvious, gotta... my obvious lock-in. This isn't my real pick. I just wanna, I just wanna say I'm happy that the Patriots are part of the farewell tour for the Redskins this week. Um, Jay Gruden, it was not, you know, it was <laughs> nice seeing you. I hope you're out of the NFL after this week, because man, you suck. Um, just hope the they play Dwayne Haskins against you guys, because that, as far so as I hear, funny. they're gonna start so, Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy's the starter this week, so if you have the Patriots, no, they named Case Keenum starter. I thought in Case no, Keenum's no. hurt. Yeah, they made Colt. They made Colt McCoy the starter about an hour ago. So they did. You have okay. Patriots defense on Good to know. Have fun with those forty points that you're about to get because this is going to get ugly. Um, Tom Brady makes a statement. <laughs> I do win, have but, them in fantasy, so I will. <laughs> but in one league, at least. My lock of the week this week is is them boys. It's the Dallas Cowboys against the Packers. I think. I think Dak's hey. gonna come out. I think Dak's gonna be big this week. Zeke is gonna have Zeke. Prime Zeke will be back this week. I, I guarantee it. I think Aaron Rodgers. I don't. <laughs> I don't see him winning like without Devontae like Adams. I mean, he couldn't put it in the end zone last week twice on first and goal without Devontae Adams. I don't see him getting it done this week, especially against a defense and a secondary that's better than what the Eagles were. And the Eagles did step up in that game, but. This this defense is real, and I think they get the job done against Aaron Rodgers. I also that think that is a good one. I, I'm I confident that Dallas Colts, does win that game Colts as well. Can upset the Chiefs this week. I think that one's going to be a good one to watch. I think, Ooh, and Arrowhead too. And Arrowhead. I think if if T. Y. Hilton is good to go, I think the Colts he, can. He practiced too. Yeah, because the Colts have not won that defense in that defense in Kansas City is not that good. So if T. Y. Hilton does come out looking to put out a put up a big game it, it could very well be this game yeah and I, I think I think the Colts I think they can get it done against the Chiefs I, I think I, I'm, a, I'm a real believer in Jacoby Brissett I like him um he's smart I like how winner. Andrew Luck took him under his wing I think he's learned a lot from Andrew Luck and that's the difference in his game from when he was at the Patriots I think he makes better decision making as a quarterback um he's not scared of the hits just as we know Andrew Luck always gave people dabs or hitting them hard because He's an actual man, yes. or was a man in this league. Um, yep. But Man's a legend. I, I, I like the Colts, but by lock of the week Colts? is by far the Dallas Cowboys. I think they get it done. Damn. So uh, we got Dallas over Green Bay. We've got Baltimore over Pittsburgh. And then we've got the 49ers over Cleveland. All three of those games are really good games to watch, too. So I'm I'm glad that y'all, uh, I'm glad y'all, y'all brought some, uh, Good games because you could have easily probably gone to the Patriots Washington game <laughs> or, the e- or the Eagles Jets game. Like yeah, <laughs> the Eagles exactly. <laughs> the Eagles Jets game. I mean, you could have did that, but you, you guys went out and said, "I'm taking the big boys and I'm taking them in the win." So that I tip my hat off to you for that. <laughs> um, another game that's going to be kind of interesting to me is Tampa Bay. That's in Tampa Bay and the Saints. 
And I think that Tampa Bay and the Saints game would kind of fall in that category of the Eagles, Jets, and Patriots, Washington matchups, where it's like one team's way better than the other. And it's like, but to me, it's just, it doesn't feel that way this week with the way they played against the Rams. So I think the Saints will win, but I'm curious to see how we win. Because Tampa did just beat Los Angeles and we didn't beat Los Angeles as much as I would like to say we did. Philip, I I love you. I love you to death, but I think Tampa may beat y'all this week. I I think Bruce Arians has has a game plan, just like he had a game plan for Sean McVay. And I I don't think – and the thing – the the reason why I think that is these guys, I mean, they said two weeks ago, look, we're a contender in this NFC. When Drew Brees went down, they're like, we can can start winning these games. Mm. If we take, you know, if we, and I think this is their, this is their playoff matchup. I think it starts this This week. is their playoff you, matchup. You no have, doubt about it. You have to win this game. And I think Bruce is putting it in his mind. I think Jameis, Jameis is, I mean, Jameis is flaky. Has he looked pretty, go- pretty good? He's looking a little better, but this, I think this defense is good. The run game's looking good. Mike Evans looks comfortable in this offense. Chris Godwin breaking out. Is that Chris Godwin? Yeah, exactly. So I, I think this could be a game of the week too. Um, I think it's going to show wow, more yeah. of what Teddy Bridgewater <clears throat> can do against this team. I think he needs to come out and he needs to score a touchdown. He needs to put up points against this team in order for them to win. I agree, man. I agree. I just think that I think that Sean Payton is gonna he's gonna have. To, I don't think it'll be if Teddy Bridgewater does score points for us in this game. I do believe that it'll be because he got the ball into guys like Kamara's hands, you know, near the line of scrimmage, and then they will take it and do what they have to do with it, or they get the ball into Michael Thomas's hands. And I don't by any means foresee Teddy Bridgewater air rating it against this Tampa Bay defense. But I think Sean Payton will have a game plan put together once again to just kind of muddy up the football game, slow it down, and let our defense and special teams make plays. I mean, that's the only thing that they can bank on, at least. Mm-hmm. Great, I, great divisional matchup. Yeah, I think I think this Bruce and Sean Payton, I think it's gonna, if, Bruce, if Bruce stays with this team, I think this, this will be the if rivalry wants- in the NFC South, I think. I don't think it'll be... I, I think Cam Newton's a pet, a, a mess with the Panthers. Um, Cam, yeah. I don't. I'm not. Think, I'm not a believer <clears throat> in. Um, I'm not a believer in the Falcons. They just. They suck. Um, they're just. Oh my God. They're so terrible. If you're the Buccaneers and you want to be taken seriously in the division, you definitely come out and play and beat the Drewless Saints. Because if you can't do that, and it ain't going to get any easier in a couple weeks when uh, when he comes back. and back this, from, uh, from Los Angeles this, with his thumb repaired. <laughs> yeah, they, they got to learn like, from the that, Cowboys' mistake last week from not taking the advantage. But, um, all righty, boys, that was a fucking – that was a that was a thriller. We uh, we put a lot of content out there, and uh, I'm probably going to edit this last part out. <laughs> but either way, I think it was a great show. Ryan Phillip. Y'all have a great day. Go Braves. Go Buckeyes. Go Patriots. <laughs> I mean, y'all have a good weekend. Logging boys. out. Yeah, your you boys too, have man. a great I'll weekend. As always, stay safe out there. Peace. Peace. Bless up. <laughs>